welcome to Godcast. This is Amy Myers, where I share stories and insights that God gives to me as a way to bring the light of God into the darkness of the world and into your day, hoping to bring a little light and a little joy. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about Psalm 13. And this is an interesting passage. It's only six verses, but it talks about a lot of turmoil. And it's written by King David in the Old Testament. The part I want to just read for you um, is to share a little bit about my day and how God tied in the truth of God's word in with some of the struggles that I was facing today. So the passage reads, but I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. See, this is King David, and he is in the midst of great turmoil. There is a man who is trying to kill him and has been pursuing him for many, many years. And he's just really at the place where his soul is just broken, and he's desperate, and he's crying out to the Lord. And I was having a little bit of a struggle this morning and uh, the past couple of days, and I just was asking the Lord to help settle my soul, and he drew me back to this passage. But he drew me first to the part where it says, I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has been good to me. So sometimes when a struggle, whether it's small or great, we have trouble getting to this place of saying, I trust you. I'm going to rejoice because you're going to rescue me and I'm going to sing to you. This can be hard. But If any of you have had the opportunity to read many of the Psalms of the Bible, a lot of them are written by a man named King David, and he had went through many, many struggles, but he was also described as a man who had a heart like God. So he poured out his heart so that we can understand how we can also pour out our heart to God. So David here is having all these emotions, and he has real enemies, and he's crying out to the only one who can save him who is God. So sometimes our enemies are small. Sometimes they're small skirmishes or sometimes they're great, like what David's experiencing. But we can all still learn the same thing. We can look to God and say, I trust you, God. Your love is steady even when my circumstances aren't. Or I can have joy because you are God and I belong to you. So sometimes it's small like my morning today. It was just a lot of chaos and problems. For instance, the wa- my washer water line leaking all over the floor in the laundry room. And it was a mess and it was a hassle. But other times people can have great struggles and I've had those as well. So these struggles that David is describing, we can apply to our small struggles and our large struggles. So for instance, with my water, this morning, just pouring out um, out of the laundry, and it was just a hassle. But one of the things I've learned, and one of the things that God has shown me over the years, is that even in these hassles, I have a choice. I can sit and let the chaos and the problem grow bigger and bigger and get madder and madder and more and more frustrated, or I can stop and say, okay, out of this chaos and out of this mess, God help it go well for me. And I've learned that as I clean up the messes, I can clean up areas that I know 
that I haven't looked at in the longest time. So for instance, today I'm looking at the back of the washer and there's dust and different things from the laundry over time where the dust from the dryer and is all built up in the back and it's not the cleanest place. But today, because of the hassle or the struggle, I was able to clean something out that probably should have been cleaned long ago. Now I know it's maybe a silly little metaphor, but I hope it's a perspective that you might consider. And I was, as I was considering it, I also began to think of another biblical passage in the New Testament written by a man named James. So people will quote this often, and it says, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. Some people say, put on a happy face, move forward, be happy when you struggle. And I want to point out two particular points in this. One was a recent discovery, and one was one that I've had long ago. I'm going to start with the most recent one because it was such an impact. When I looked at different translations and some of the words uh, that were used, instead of consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds, the word face means to meet you. So what it is describing here is when you are going about your day, a trial comes to meet you, as in Somebody or something, maybe it's the enemy of God, comes to meet you and face you and stand in front of you. He is challenging you. And it reminds me of a bully. Imagine a kid on a playground, just a young little elementary school kid, and there's this big bully. Perhaps he's a couple grades older, but he's just a bully. And he comes up and he comes to meet this young boy. And he stares him down and he's challenging him. Now, can you imagine the fear that child had? But what if behind the boy is a teacher or a parent, somebody big and strong who has the authority or the ability to physically stop the bully? Now, imagine that boy is standing there and he knows right behind him or right next to him is the one who can remove the bully or challenge the bully. He knows he can't but he knows the one who can. Now that brings joy. Can you imagine the joy in his heart where he's thinking, wow, bully, you've picked the wrong fight because my God is bigger than you. So my protector is bigger than you. And I wonder if we could possibly think about it a little bit this way. So when we face trials, maybe we think when the trial meets us or stands in our way, if something meets you, it blocks you it causes you to take another path or it causes you to face something or to look at something, but it's meant to deter you from your forward motion. And what God might be trying to tell us is that we can meet the enemy when it comes at us, remembering that God is with us. What also is interesting about this passage in James that I think we can tie back into what David was facing is that it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you can ask God and he will give it to all generously without finding fault as long as you believe. See, this is interesting. Everybody can have the wisdom of God because how to get out of the situation with the bully requires wisdom. This reminds me also of a passage again in the Old Testament where the people have of God had been in Egypt and they had come through the Red Sea. They had been rescued by God, had come through the Red Sea and are moving on. And God has said, I've got a promised land for you. So they send out some spies to go and scope out the land. 
and the spies come back, 10, 12 spies come back, two of them report that they can defeat the giants, but the other ones are focused on the giants saying, we can't do them, they're too big, we can't take them down. So only two of them, Caleb and Joshua, believed that they could take down the giants. But all the other ones, all the other eight, 10 other ones, decided that they couldn't. So this is a matter of perspective. Again, if you look back at the bully, the two who saw the giants said, huh, my God is big enough to take them. Let's go. The other ones were just looking at the bully and not seeing who was with them. They forgot that the God who literally pulled up the waters of the Red Sea so they could walk through it to safety for hours and hours and hours to get through, to escape from an army coming to attack them. They forgot that that was their God who had just been with them just a few short days before. They'd forgotten that. They forgot who their God was. They were looking at it in their own ability. They were saying, oh, I can't defeat the giants, which is true. But the one who protects us can. The one who has the authority can. So this is a perspective. Now, tying this back um, to David, he's in a situation where he's being pursued by a man, King Saul, who's trying to kill him because David's supposed to be the new king. And the words that he describes earlier in the passage, he's asking, how long, God, how long will you forget me? How long will you hide your face from me? How long will it take for you to get to me? And how long will my enemies be raised over me? And then he cries out to God, says, consider and answer me, O Lord. Let my eyes be lifted up to you. Otherwise, I will sleep of death and my enemies will prevail over me. See, David is in a place where it's not a simple problem like my washer and dryer, which may be a hassle, but it's not a lingering problem. And some of us have lingering problems and circumstances that are just hard, hard, hard. And David has been running for a long time and he's worn out. What I'm hoping you'll see in this passage that it's okay to cry out to God and say, God, I'm tired. I'm tired. These, I feel like the darkness is going to overcome me. I feel like I've been pursuing and pursuing what you've shown me, but I'm still waiting. That's when we come to verse 5 and 6. This is the part I want you to hold on to. Even though David had not been rescued yet, even though the enemy had not been taken down yet, so even if he's being faced with all of the threat of death, he stands there and says, wait a minute, I know my God. I know my God, and I'm going to trust that you love me, God. I am going to trust in my heart, and I am going to rejoice that you will rescue me. See, this is that same joy we saw in James. Consider it pure joy when a trial meets you. So it is the joy of knowing that God is going to protect you against the enemies who come against you. That's what's important here. And then he goes on to say, I will sing to the Lord. These are amazing things. So he's celebrating even before the rescue. He sings to God. He says, God, I know you will rescue me. So what do we do now? How do we consider this? Some of us have many areas in our life where God hasn't come to the rescue yet. But this is where we go back and ask for wisdom. I mentioned before that James chapter 
One also says, any of you who lacks wisdom, we can ask God. So the light that I want you to see in all of this and the light that I hope you can take away from both the heart of David and him crying out to God and trusting in God, but also the spies that saw the challenge as nothing with God or even the bully in the schoolyard where he stood with a protector. See, God is our protector. We want to remember that we can trust in God because he has the power to rescue us, whether in a small circumstance or in a great one. First, I want us to remember, some days are harder and some days are easier and some days just feel like that darkness will prevail. But we can have hope. I want you to remember God standing in the playground with you or God standing with David when he was being persecuted and and chased after. I want you to remember that God loves you and God will rescue you. Sometimes we don't know how long, but sometimes he's just right there and we need to remember he is and ask him to do the rescuing. Ask him to do the rescuing. So what does that look like? Today, it may be as simple as just having hope or seeing those little hassles that meet us in our day as just a small thing we can have a new perspective about, those things facing us, we can ask God to face down that bully and ask him to help us have joy in him as our protector and see the bully for what it really is. It's a moment that's smaller than who God is. But for those long, long ongoing aches or hardships, I want you to think of David. But even more, I want you to go and read Psalm 13. It's only six verses. I want you to read all of these verses, and I want it to be your voice, your heart, your cries out to God in the place of David. See yourself in this psalm. See your worries. See your circumstances. See all of the darkness that seeks to overtake you and cry out to God in these words. And I want you to ask God some things. Say, God, can you let my heart trust that you love me? Help me love you the way David does. God, I ask you to let my heart have joy in knowing that you will face down my enemies and that you'll do this because you love me. And God, I ask you to help my heart sing. Let me have hope. Let me have joy, knowing that you are God and your love that you declare matters. And it does matter to my heart. And it does matter to my day. And it does matter to those who seek to overtake me. See, God is light in the darkness. We just have to look and see that he's there. And we have to look up and ask him to show us that he is there. But we also have to trust that he is. Or at least ask him to help us learn how to trust that he is. Because he does want to be right there with you because he sees you, he loves you, and he will never leave you. So I pray that this would touch your heart today, and I pray that you would allow some of these items to just settle into your heart and open a conversation with God. I just ask that this light could somehow flicker on just a little bit 
to pursue God and ask God to shine it brighter and brighter in your day and make it more and more real in your day. For God loves you with a steadfast love. He is your salvation and he is the one that will rescue you well. Thank you for joining me today. This is Amy Myers for Godcast, where we cast the light of God into a dark world. May you just be blessed with God's peace, God's mercy, and God's love today. Thank you.